brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome on into the Baseball Insiders. It's Thursday, September 21st. There's an October chill in the air and a couple October-bound teams have chills about whether or not they will make the postseason couple players in danger of missing the postseason roster people acquired just about a month ago who've gone through such slides that they're now potentially fodder to stay on the couch while their teams make playoff runs uh all that plus robert murray and i talk about a few players who might have earned themselves one year deals this offseason instead of long-term packs thanks to a question from you all in the discord which again, we recommend you join if you're not there yet. Come with us down the stretch into the offseason. Become a member of our YouTube channel. There's no better time. You can get early access, maybe even shape the show as uh, one uh, question asker did today. Uh, Fansided Insider Robert Murray is joining me as always. Robert, welcome to the show. A couple teams about to play a pretty big series in the AL West. You are not kidding there. Well, first of all, a pleasure to be here with you as always. Uh, got Gotta love it. But I'll tell you, this postseason race, especially like in the AL, you can even look at the NL because of the wild card uncertainty there. Um, it's shaping up to be a really interesting last week, week and a half here. And wouldn't you know, these San Diego Padres, I know we're going to be talking about it in a little bit. They're not necessarily dead. And I'll tell you, if they do squeak in, uh, that is about as dangerous of a wildcard team as you could possibly imagine. But we'll get into that later. Uh, Adam Weiner, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, we do have to talk about the the dreaded Padres. We're, we're able to do, we're allowed one delusion episode per month. And uh, who knows if they're actually in the playoff race or just on the fringes. But as of now, they're making a charge and the schedule's kind of easy. So we're taking advantage of that corollary to be able to talk about them on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Uh, but again, I mentioned joining the Discord. It's in the perk section on the YouTube channel. That's scrolling by the bottom of the screen right now if you're joining us live on YouTube, where we typically are Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern. And additionally, today's episode is sponsored by DraftKings. Baseball fans, DraftKings is up there. Sign up offer to gear up for the MLB postseason. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets plus up to $150 back in bonus bets if your team loses. All you have to do is sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER, one word, using our code BASEBALLINSIDER right at sign up, not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports the podcast. If you have been considering signing up for DraftKings, now's the time. Heading in October, get those futures bets in while you still can and make sure to use the code BASEBALLINSIDER to maximize your first bite at the apple. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Now, let's get to the postseason. Let's get to the bracket. We've been waiting as long as we possibly could to address it because we wanted, we hope things maybe sort themselves out a little bit with the with under 10 games to go for most of these teams or right at the 10 game mark. Nothing has really been solidified in either the NL or AL wildcard races or the AL West race. Uh, 
where yesterday, if the Houston Astros don't walk off the Orioles on a Mauricio Dubon single, they might be in all caps danger of missing the postseason entirely. Instead, it still looks like they've got a chance and they are the Astros and they are facing the Royals. So I wouldn't bet against them, but they are certainly among the current playoff teams that are still in a precarious position. Obviously, the Strohs, the Rangers and Mariners, who are currently tied in the loss column for that last AL wildcard spot and will play each other seven times down the stretch. The Cubs are in trouble. The Diamondbacks, of course, have solidified nothing, being in that second wildcard spot, the fifth seed overall. And the Padres are not dead. We'll examine them a little bit closer in a bit. But of all of those current playoff teams... Does anyone strike you as more likely to be out of the postseason than in? Is anyone currently in the bracket going to find themselves on the outside looking in in about a week and a half, keeping in mind that the Mariners and Rangers are both right now a coin flip to make it? One of them's not going to, probably. No, probably. No, for, for sure. Like it's, I'll tell you, like that entire, like the American League. Obviously, you look at it like you you have the Baltimore Orioles, you have like the Houston Astros, and you have the the. Um, the Minnesota Twins as division leaders. And then you look at the wild card. You have the Tampa Bay Rays, who, I mean, they basically got that thing shoot in. The Toronto Blue Jays. Then you have the Mariners and the Rangers. That upcoming series for them, obviously crucial. And the fact that one of those teams that may they, they may not end up making the postseason is absolutely wild to me. And it speaks to the overall just high-end teams in the American League. And you look at the NL – kind of doesn't feel that same way. Obviously, you have like the Atlanta Braves, you have the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, the the Milwaukee Brewers have been a lot better this season than I expected. Uh, they've, I mean, they've had some pretty strong offensive performances in the second half of the year, and that was really kind of guiding them along with that pitching staff. Um, but if there's one team to me, like not just sticking in the National League, because the American League, I feel like it's kind of obvious at this point. It's the Chicago Cubs. You look at the Cubs, Right now, in the last 10 games, they are 3-7, and seven, and you have the Miami Marlins, who are a half game back. You have the Cincinnati Reds that are a game back. You have the San Francisco Giants that are three games back. And then you have the old San Diego Padres, who are four and a half games back. And with the Cubs falling, um, they, have a, they're, they have a wild card spot right now. If they continue to fall, there are four teams that have a realistic chance of, of catching them and passing them and making them miss the postseason. And... Like I think the Padres right now kind of unlikely just because they're four and a half games back with uh, with nine games to go, but the Marlins they can catch them real quick. The Reds can catch them real quick, especially with that talent. I think the team that is in the most danger, at least in the National League, of missing the postseason is the Cubs, and I think it's at this point not necessarily close. Well, the thing with the Cubs is, look, tough schedule. Complain all you want. At a certain point, you have to go ahead and beat the teams in front of you and, and that are lurking right behind you, and you go to Arizona and get swept. It's not unfair. You, mm -hmm. you were both pit You both have the same odds. The Diamondbacks had to beat the Cubs at home. The Cubs had to go on the road and beat Arizona. Both difficult, but hey, one team takes two out of three instead of sweeping, then you're in a better position today. You gave all those games away. You open the door. Arizona leapfrogs you ever so slightly, and now you're in danger. I don't think that the Padres are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they will. But I do know that they have the Cardinals in town for three, 
go to the Giants who are reeling and once were like 10 over 500 and are now just a handful over 500. And then they finish the season at the Chicago White Sox. That's who the Padres have on their docket. In order to make the postseason, they probably have to go. They are, they're on a seven-game winning streak right now. They probably have to end the year 15-1. and one. It's, yep. not, it's not easy. But they don't have a real challenge ahead of them in those final nine. And there would be no funnier outcome than the team that had to go on the offensive this week and de- or on the defensive and deal with A.J. Preller doesn't know how to manage people. And there are too many superstars in the room and no leaders. And how is Xander Bogart supposed to be the leader of Manny Machado? And what's Fernando Tatis's role? He's been squeezed out because he got suspended. All that noise. And now they're better than they've been at any point during the 2023 season. It's it's crazy because, like, I'll tell you, for the longest time, I basically counted the Padres out of this thing. And I think there was a lot of other people in baseball that were the exact same way. Then they go on this win streak, and your mind starts to go to a lot of different places. But to speak to – the reports that were out about Preller and, and Bob Melvin uh, and the Padres' locker room specifically this week is I I had somebody tell me a few days ago that there was an athletic story coming about Preller and it was going to be similar to the story that they had written a couple of years ago. Um, and it's it's a lot of the same kind of complaints about Preller is that um, and I, I think I think there's a boy, I, I want to figure out how I want to phrase that because it's that's a tough one. And like I've, I've heard those complaints, but I've also heard other people say that he's like just a gifted evaluator. He's, he's tough on on his people because he expects a lot out of them. Um, and maybe that's where the griping is coming. I don't necessarily know, but I do think that relationship between Preller and, and, and Melvin is, it, there's a lot of tension there. And that is why on the last show that I said that I do not believe Bob Melvin is going to return. I don't think anything is official there, but I would be, I'd be relatively surprised if he returns. And that being said, we've heard, we've heard about all those, the tensions in the locker room. We've heard about the questions about Manny Machado as a leader. We've heard about Melvin. We've heard about Preller. What cures that it's winning. And if they continue this win streak, if they make it into the postseason, I bet you that locker room is going to look a lot more uh, harmonious. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to make oh, yeah. that up. That's a word. Um, um, and then all bets are off from there. Um, odds are stacked against them, but if there's ever a team that has a talent to make the postseason and to defy those odds, I think it's the San Diego Padres. And lo and behold, here they are. Cameron thinks we're out of our minds. Cameron, you're right. We are, but uh, oh, yeah. not, not for this reason. I, I don't think the Padres are going to make the playoffs. No, I don't. But... I don't think the Padres are going to make the playoffs. I'm just impressed the Padres have made us think about them in the final yeah. 10 days of the season. No, exactly. Because like that, to me, I, there was not a scenario in my mind where I thought that was going to end up being happy. Like that was no. going to be a thing. I, I thought they were done. I thought they were dead in the water. Um, and I thought the conversation of the last two weeks was going to be about Melvin and, and Preller. And I don't, Preller's not going anywhere. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. And, um, and speaking of going anywhere, I've, I'm seeing a comment here from Justin or Josh W here uh, about David Ross possibly being on the hot seat if the Cubs don't make it. I don't think that's going to end up being the case. Um, what I what I can tell you is like, I, th- I think his job is safe. I don't. I think the Cubs internally believe that this was year one of what they're well, just one of the beginning of what they're trying to build there in Chicago. Um, and I think next year the expectations are going to be a lot higher. I think they're doing quite well uh, considering, like, 
Um, where I, they're doing better than I thought they would this year. I don't think Russ deserves to be fired by any means, but I think next year, if they don't make the postseason, then I think that conversation becomes a little bit more active. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Especially because they showed a willingness to spend this offseason that I think most of us thought, okay, Dansby Swanson, okay, Seiya Suzuki year one didn't work. It's interesting. Jamison Tyone, you know, that's a four starter on a really good team. It's interesting. Uh, they take the Bellinger plunge, as, as the comment section is talking about, and turn him back into gold. I don't think any of us could have seen that coming necessarily. Uh, maybe no. I'm just I'm scarred from too many reclamation projects in New York. But my first inclination was like, all right, you think you can fix him? Best of luck. And and they did. Um, so that gets you in a contention quicker than any of your other moves, right? Swanson's exactly what you thought he'd be. Tyone's exactly what you thought he'd be. But Bellinger's ceiling was higher and the kids' ceilings were higher and they moved quicker. And Christopher Morell was better than you thought he could be. Now they're going to have to hold up against real competition down the stretch, uh, Atlanta and Milwaukee, as Justin said in the comment section, uh, two road series. Those are the big boy series. And, and if at Arizona hurt your chances of being a contender because you faced that challenge head on and came up short three times, then at Atlanta and at Milwaukee seem like similar opportunities where maybe you have to show up and go four and two in two really difficult series to take care of business. And the Marlins are looking right behind them. So are the Reds. The Giants are barely hanging on. And if the Padres never lose again, there's a chance that they could take that seat. Uh, yeah. Don't discount the Sandy Alcantara X factor either. He is throwing bullpens. He claims he's pain-free. And I guess he wants to come back and make two starts for the Marlins down the stretch. Does, does that change your calculus at all there? Yeah, I'll tell you, like – it's good to hear that he's throwing pain free, but if I'm the Marlins, we're talking about a guy who is, is one of the best pitchers in baseball. And is, is it worth risking him just for a shot at a wild card berth and possibly just like a one? I, I don't know. Like I think you have to be really careful. You have to make sure he is 100% healthy. Um, Cause you don't want to end up throwing, putting him on the mound, having him suffer a setback and then have him miss all of next year. That is worst case scenario. And something that I think they have to be really mindful of. Um, but but that being said, there is the the Bell, the Cody Bellinger aspect, going to, back to the Chicago Cubs for a second, is a really fascinating one. And when they when they signed Bellinger, they envisioned him being meaningfully better than he was in the last couple of years in Los Angeles. Like they they were hoping he would I mean I, I don't necessarily know if they could envision like these kind of numbers, but they thought it'd be meaningfully better. Uh, and he's blown those expectations out of the water. And he is probably to me, not like in terms of free agency, the most intriguing player, not named Shohei Otani on the market, because I genuinely do not have a clue what he's going to get. And I've asked other people in baseball, what he's going to end up getting. And you hear guesses all over the map. My guess, if you had to ask me now, I think that I think Justin's guess at the bottom here, eight for 200, 
might not be far off. He kind of feels like a a Xander Bogarts kind of free agent in the fact that there's going to be one team that offers him one thing, and then somebody's going to end up seeing this kind of upside in his numbers for this year and just completely blow it out of the water and maybe get that number up to two thir- or 200 or somewhere in that range. Um, just to guess, I could be way off there. Um, but that contract, I think, when he eventually does sign it, is going to surprise some people. And oh, there's also another question here that I want to answer if you, if you yeah. don't mind. No, don't mind at all. I was just going to say that before we move on to the next segment, I think let's just do a whole bunch of questions because there's a fleet of them. So take your favorite, and then I'll keep doling them out. Yeah, so it's from Canyon Swartz, who uh, is also a, a very good member of the uh, of the Discord. Uh, and we appreciate you, Canyon, for doing that. Um, it is about Mitch Keller and the Pirates. So I think they're going to end up continuing to have conversations in the offseason. It's going to be a lot more expensive than their previous uh, previous extensions talks were. Um, I know within the last year or two, um, maybe I think it was within the last year, I, w- I don't necessarily want to say it was close, but it was uh, – I think it was a few phone calls away from being done, but for some odd reason it didn't get done. And the, the pirates lack of aggression or just their, they, they didn't get to the number that, that Keller wanted. And it's going to cost them a, a probably tens of millions of dollars and, and whatever that extension is going to end up looking like. Um, and then there's also, um, I saw another comment here about Mike Clevenger and Clevenger is, is somebody that I, I have followed pretty closely uh, throughout his career, admittedly. And I had somebody that I respect a lot. He's a general manager, actually, um, who was watching Preller, or he was watching um, uh, Clevenger the other day. And he was like, this was the 2019 version of Mike Clevenger. And I think he can end up being somebody that really um, could end up getting a solid multi-year deal in free agency. I think that is certainly something that is uh, like not out of the question here. Yes. Uh, lots more to dive into here. Uh, crazy enough, Clevenger and Michael King have basically been the most valuable starters in baseball since Michael King's transition into the rotation. Now, obviously, I know that because I'm watching the New York Yankees and I'm reading any stat oh, that's yeah. like, New York Yankees good. I'm like, oh, cool. But in case you've missed Clevenger, he's certainly turned himself around and uh, so has King. Uh, now, let's talk Angels for a bit because Cameron, who I know is in the Discord as well, uh, is wondering about potential Angels offseason targets, especially after they went for it with Lucas Giolito. Maybe some of us thought when they got Giolito at the deadline, like, oh, great, that'll seamlessly feed into an offseason extension for Giolito. Not so much. He's already hit waivers, gone to another town, and struggled there as well. But I, my inclination is knee jerk. They have to go after the starting pitching market this offseason, probably twice. Um, and when they do assemble that roster next year, are they indebted to Phil Nevin? Like we sort of, we were struggling to find managerial holes last episode where like Melvin, I guess, but Aaron Boone's probably coming back. Cora's probably coming back. Uh, Pedro Griefel, like he already got an endorsement. It feels like a lot of the struggling managers were coming back, but some uncertainty around Nevin. So I don't know if uh, perhaps he might be someone who ends up vacating that position. Yeah, I, I think the Angels are going to be looking for a new manager next year. That is my uh, that is my read as we speak. I think the future of their general manager is a little bit more in question. I don't. I think that one could honestly end up to, like being decided by how Artie Moreno wakes up that day, and he is 
one of the most unpredictable. Actually, I'll I'll change that phrasing. He is the single most unpredictable owner in baseball, and you can't get a read on what he is going to do. Um, because it was it was funny. It was like um, I remember the Tom Verducci story came out at the trade deadline and said that the Angels were not trading Shohei Otani. That was news to a lot of people in the Angels' front office. They had genuinely no clue. And I'm pretty sure that story came from, from Artie Moreno. Um, and he was the, the driving force behind that. Um, the fa- uh, truly fascinating, but like that just shows how unpredictable and like how he kind of just does his, his own thing. Um, and with the angels, I will tell you, this is like, you've obviously like, there's been reports that the angels don't pay that well, uh, in terms of their manager and their front office. Um, and I'm wondering, considering that they're probably going to be in a multi-year rebuild and a retool here. And they also have a history of going through managers like their, their hotcakes. How intriguing of a job is that for a lot of these candidates? I think they're going to end up struggling to find a, a solid replacement for, for Phil Nevin if they do move on. Um, and I do wonder if that is the case, do they stay in-house and maybe go with a guy? Let's say that Perry Manassian stays. Do they go with Ray Montgomery, who's currently their bench coach? I think that is a situation or a scenario that is quite possible. If they, if, as long as they keep Perry Manassian as their general manager, I think that is in play. Two words: Benji Molina. Wow, that did not even cross my mind. That can you imagine? Yeah, hey. What would you have? Yadier Molina as the bench coach then? Yadier no, Molina as the bench coach. Jose Molina cooking, uh, you know, empanadas in the outfield. Yeah, that boy. <laughs> what an absolute squad. Um, and, and Cameron's valid question. Um, I think they would end up, like, I think uh, Montgomery is very respected. Very respected. Um, he's also very close uh, with Perry. Um, obviously the owner Artie Marin would have to sign off on it. Um, but that like when Montgomery was there, um, and put in into their bench coach job, I thought that was possibly him being the manager and waiting. Um, that is just a guess or an educated guess by me. That is not a sourced report. Um, but that's just the kind of the read of the situation that I had, uh, at that time. I don't know if anything has changed, but that was my read at the moment. Yes. Well, stay with us all off season because uh, that's when we shine. Uh, you know, love to talk about the wild card race, live to talk about the winter meeting. So if you're if you're new here and you're just joining us, you're, we're going to get a lot of good stuff cooked out of the hot stove um, and the managerial wheel. Hopefully some managers do change places so that we don't uh, have to just talk about uh, one or two landing spots all off season. Would love a shocker. Who wants to go to the Padres? Somebody? Um, before we, uh, get into, uh, some more questions again, keep spamming the, uh, comment section, spam in a good way. A uh, couple of things we wanted to touch on about playoff rotations and rosters, uh, players to watch for players. You might've thought were safe people who are playing themselves into or out of roles entering this postseason chase. I wanted to note, cause we talked to Fabian Ardaya on Monday's show, go back and listen if you haven't. And a lot of the talk was predictably and rightfully about how the Dodgers are going to have to cobble together some kind of rotation here because Clayton Kershaw doesn't believe in himself. The structural integrity of his shoulder might not be fantastic. Uh, Lance Lynn has allowed the most home runs in Major League Baseball by a wide margin. His numbers are crazy. 
Uh, Julio Arias is not walking through that door. Walker Bueller, Dustin May, you will not see any of these people. Bobby Miller suddenly goes from like, oh, yeah, I think he deserves a playoff start to can he give us seven or eight innings in the opener? Otherwise, we are in trouble. It feels worthy to note that while the Dodgers are messing around with Bolt guys and Ryan Harborough and given, you know, Ferguson opener duty, Ryan Pepio has become someone who has been eating bulk, dominating, and I don't think needs the restriction of an opener anymore. 1.91 ERA in the year, seven one-hit frames against Miami, did give up four runs and six innings against San Diego, but as we said earlier, they're making the playoffs, so no big deal there. And six dominant innings against Detroit. I think you give him a chance now, and I don't think you need to use a lefty reliever before him. And I don't think you need to get cute. I think Ryan Pepe will give you six innings in a playoff game right now. Oh, 100% he could. And he's been like one of their more dependable starting pitchers this year in a season that has been just complete turmoil for that entire rotation. And they thought they had Eduardo or Eduardo Rodriguez at the uh, at the trade deadline. Obviously, he kind of turned that down and and nixed the trade. He just he ended up pitching against them and he got rocked. Um, but I'll, uh, Pepio, he is somebody who that organization's even before he debuted, viewed him as a guy that they could build that rotation around. And you have Bobby Miller, you have some of these other guys, um, in that rotation, and it can end up being a really solid unit that stays together for the long haul. I don't necessarily know if they could have envisioned anything quite like this, where they're going to have to rely on a lot of these guys this year because of the sheer just depth issues that they have. Um, obviously Noah Syndergaard did not pan out. Kershaw's shoulder is an absolute mess. Um, obviously the Julio Urias situation is really, un- really sad there. Um, and I mean, that, that rotation is just a complete turmoil and it's going to be Pepio who is going to end up being a guy who that they really rely on here. And he's shown in throughout this entire season, but especially lately that he can be the guy. And we've seen some of these young pitchers in, in years past, really kind of shine in the postseason and he feels like the, the the latest candidate uh to be one of those guys for a dodgers team that desperately needs him give me dodgers brewers in that first round if you took those two teams and and combined them and just you know the brewers rotation and the dodgers lineup that's a world series champion but as of now oh God, yeah. it, it is going to be can good pitching beat good hitting like it's going to be somebody's senior thesis in the first round of the postseason, if the Brewers uh, can make it out of the wild card round, and so I, I hope that we do. Uh, I hope we do manage to get the stars to align a little bit and get that in the two three. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll give you this right now. I'm not. You know me. Like you guys know me at this point. I'm not much of a predictions guy. Um, I oh, try no. to like base my things on on facts. Well, the pr- predictions I did make before the season, good goodness me, those were terrible. Don't watch um, that episode at all. Do not scrub no. it on the internet. Yeah, it, it should be scrub because it was it was that bad. But I, I'll I'm gonna make a prediction right now. If the Dodgers and Brewers face off in the postseason, um, the Brewers are gonna beat them, and the Brewers it's gonna end up being Brewers Braves, and that is gonna be, or well, I, well, I can't I don't know exactly exactly how that would play out. But if the Brewers and Braves play together or play against each other, I think the Braves win that one. But the Brewers pitching and if their hitting is is hot could be a really interesting series but i think the braves had the upper hand but i would not be surprised if the brewers knocked out the dodgers in order to get there too the braves are presumably going to have to go through the phillies which makes me do just like an uh, uh our bad on michael lorenzen uh we gave them a ton of credit for going out of the deadline and, and targeting an under the radar righty and finding an option to lengthen the rotation etc 
he threw a no hitter. Uh, so it's no, it's no secret why we went over the top and praising him. And I think a lot of uh, baseball sort of fell for Michael Lorenzen all at the same time. Since that, no, no, 27 earned runs and 26 in the third innings. Uh, add Jack Clarity's strange situation in, in Baltimore, and it kind of feels like that's two big deadline acquisitions who might be relievers in October at best or could be in danger of missing the postseason rosters altogether. Gun to my head right now, which, first of all, why are you putting that gun to my head? Please put it away. But second, if you <laughs> have it out, um, I, I would put both pitchers on those postseason rosters in bullpens, but I don't know. I could be talked into alternatives. Yeah, I'll tell you. That is because when when both those guys are acquired, like you could have just envisioned those those two being key pieces, especially after Lorenz's no-no. Like I thought for sure it was going to end up being like a – he was going to end up being the star acquisition of the deadline and it just make the Phillies look really smart. And after that, that no hitter, he's imploded. And I do think like, I, I think if there's any player who is like at risk of not making it, I think it's going to be more than more Lorenzen than Flaherty uh, because the, the Orioles is pitching depth overall sucks. It is, they do not have very good numbers there. Um, so I think Flaherty is going to make it probably as a reliever. I think Lorenzen ultimately makes it as well as a reliever. But if he continues to struggle like this, like the other night, he allowed, what was it, six or seven base runners without recording an out. Last I checked, that's not very good. Um, and he, uh, he he's really struggling. And in the postseason, it's do or die. And the Phillies can't afford to have him implode like that because it can not only cost them a game, but it could cost them the season. And that's something they got to be really careful with here. One third of an inning against Atlanta, three hits, three walks, four earned runs, and then we'll see ya. Um, and again, Atlanta is probably the most likely team that he will have to face on the Phillies' potential path to the World Series. So I take that with uh, not just a grain of salt, but like a, a big heaping pile of, of road salt. Um, before we, uh, before we sign off another question from the discord though. And, uh, again, your questions are welcome. So if you got more, uh, please hit us with them or hit us with them after the show. We'll come back on Monday, but the very interesting point was raised in the discord about Reese Hoskins market. While we're talking Phillies, you mentioned him as a one year deal candidate. I think that's true at this point. I can't imagine guaranteeing him more, maybe yeah. one year with an option and, and maybe just keep him comfortable in Philadelphia, and then we see if there's a long-term match there. But that did inspire me to think of other stars, well-known players who could potentially be one-year deal candidates, injury bounce-backs. My mind goes right to two current Yankees, uh, as obviously a burner mentioned in the in the comments. Uh, Sports Illustrated ran an article this week that said, former Cy Young finalists returning for Yankees, and it meant Frankie Montas, who was not a Cy Young finalist, and it's a crazy article. But uh, give me Frankie Montas for a one-year deal candidate. And uh, I'm going to throw Luis Severino in there, too. I don't know how you give those guys more than one year with an option right now. Somebody smart's probably going to, but I don't know how you give them more. Uh, and I wondered if any more names came to mind for you. Yeah, there's there's a couple of them here. And and Jack Flaherty is one of them. I think he is certainly a very, a very strong candidate for a one-year deal, uh, considering uh, he's obviously immensely talented, but he's dealt with the injuries and in, uh, inconsistent performance in, in in recent years, and I think he could end up being a guy who signs with a with maybe a West Coast team, which is closer to home for him, um, and, and tries to really put it together. And 
and have a resurgent year. Like I think the team that makes so much sense for Flaherty is the Dodgers, and they could make a similar kind of move there uh, to what they did for Noah Syndergaard, and obviously they would hope there would be a lot more success there. Um, I think that one definitely makes sense. Um, I thought about possibly Harrison Bader. Um, mm-hmm. I think Bader, I don't know if we can necessarily put him in the star category yet. Um, I think there's a, at least some sort of a shot he gets offered a multi-year deal, but considering like his struggles against right-handed hitters and his also his inability to stay healthy for a full 162-game season, that could make it pretty tough. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll end up getting a one-year deal. I, I, I remember seeing a comment earlier um, – listing uh jordan montgomery as a potential one-year candidate i think it it, i would be stunned if he gets a one-year deal i think he's gonna be a guy who when it's all said and done i wouldn't be surprised if that contract was over nine figures i think that is um he's gonna end up getting paid especially as a uh a left-handed pitcher like that we're talking about like a a premium pitcher there along with blake snell uh he'll get paid to um, that Shohei Otani guy is going to get paid as well. Bob, hey, big breaking NFL news, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Hmm. Uh, Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs is feared to have torn his ACL in practice today. Is that real? Yeah, Tom Palacero just tweeted it from him and Indian Rappaport. Uh. Yeah, that is a huge blow. Um, wow, that I can't believe that, but. Sticking with baseball, um, uh, well, yeah, who would have thought you tuned into the baseball insiders for breaking NFL news? That is breaking uh, 40 seconds ago. Yeah, that is like I got tweet notifications out for the NFL guys because I like I like seeing how those guys operate and I try to learn from those guys. But that is, um, yeah, that 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 sucks. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I may have just put a damper on this episode. My, no, my I mean, I, I just had to uh, I talk to my Cowboys editor and, and run that story. He, he has like a hilarious Trevon Diggs story going up at five. He's like, should I scrap it? I was like, uh, yep. Um, so that's <laughs> yeah, 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 probably not the right time for that one. <laughs> no, uh, he's great. He's, he's a great writer, unfortunately, also a Cowboys fan, so he'll have to figure that out. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, again, please become a member of the Discord if you haven't already. It's the best spot to sneak in questions between episodes or just banter. And it's only a 99 cent monthly subscription via becoming a Perks member of our YouTube channel. Uh, and we hope to see most of you back here. We're here every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern time. The playoffs are only getting crazier. Uh, it's tough to parse through who's going to miss them when there's three teams with 68 losses in the AL West right now. So how about you figure your stuff out this week? Mariners, Astros, and Rangers, and then we'll get down to predicting the bracket when we have a chance. Uh, shout out to everybody for joining us again. DraftKings is a subscription. The code once more for first-time users only is Baseball Insider. Use it at sign up, get the benefits, and support the podcast. <sighs> Robert Murray, it's going to be a big week. I can't wait to come back on Monday and see where we are, see which postseason races are in shambles, and see how the Padres claw their way back to two out. It is. I'll tell you, by the time Monday gets here, everything is going to be just flipped, turned upside down. So it's going to be it's going to be totally fascinating. Adam Weiner, I appreciate you, my friend. Sean Daly, by the way, we who is producing the show, we appreciate you. Everybody who commented, uh, subscribed, tune into the Discord and all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate you, too. And what well, see you Monday, Adam. See you Monday. See everybody here Monday. Same time, same channel. Uh, but the channel colors get a little brighter if you become a member and join the Discord. I don't know if you knew that, but they go from like green monster green to like 
bright, virulent spring green. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's a cool effect. So recommend you join the channel. See everybody here Monday. See the comment section here Monday. Get those questions in and we'll talk to you then. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.